This is Taking Care in Business, a podcast that dives into the topic of corporate social responsibility from many different perspectives. Host Kathy Pedrotti Hayes is an expert in CSR and philanthropic giving, and her co-host, Vicki Bolson, is the founder and CEO of Bolson Group, a unified marketing company that was also the first B Corp certified company in Indiana. Kathy and Vicki became friends and equally passionate about CSR when they first worked together several years ago. Join them as they talk about why it is always worthwhile to take care in business. Good morning, Vicki. Hey, Kathy. How are you? I'm good. I've just been missing seeing you in person. <laughs> well, I can see you, and you look gorgeous this morning. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we're at an appropriate distance, right? Yeah, we sure are. We are doing something highly unusual for taking care in business. Kathy and I are on Zoom, so we're looking at each other, and we have our guest um, from her home and our producer in the studio, so we apologize in advance if the sound is a little off, but I'm sure everybody understands, and I, I also hope that by the time people listen to this, they're not listening from their homes, you know? Right, right, exactly, yeah, these are definitely strange, strange times, and um when we were together in person the last time working on the podcast, I think uh, neither one of us would have been able to even fathom everything that's happened um, over the past month. Oh, I know. It's, 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 uh, it's surreal, honestly, and trying to adjust so that we are putting out content. Um, I don't know if everybody's noticed, but we've been calling out people in the community who are – uh, doing great things to continue to take care in business. Some of them are former guests, and some of them are just things we've noticed that you know really catch our eye. So, um, I yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's you know it's nice to see everybody kind of come together. And uh, there was a great article that I read yesterday that talked about what do we do now? You know, what can we learn from this experience? And I, I hope that people will really take heart and think about that and think about the positives that came out of it and be able to move forward in a in a great way, not just professionally, of course, but personally as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, and the show must go on, right? Yep. The show must so, go on. Yeah, okay. I know. So well, you, you want to introduce our next guest? Yes, I will introduce our next guest. So um, did you know that there are roughly... 7,000 recognized languages around the world. Did you know that? What? Yeah, I know. And that's pretty staggering considering that there are only 196 countries in the world. So roughly 150 to 200 languages are spoken by more than a million people. Conversely, there are are, um, around 46 languages that only have a single speaker. So in Asia alone, there are 2,294 languages spoken. In Africa, 2,144. The Americas, 1,061. And Europe with 287 languages. So with globalization, our world has continued to get smaller. And conversely, our need to communicate and understand each other has gotten larger. So we all know with translation software and that's made things exponentially better right but sometimes understanding one another really relies on uh, a one-on-one approach so today we have our guest 
Luna Language Services, and they truly understand that the need to communicate translates into more than just words, that this communication is powered by people. So located here in Indianapolis, Luna Language Services provides people-powered translation and interpreting services from real people with real-world nuanced expertise to ensure effective and accurate communications across all industries. So they are proficient, uh, proficient in 200 languages, and they help corporations and families and individuals bridge the language gap. So um, Luna is powered by thousands of real-life people across the globe who speak intelligently in the local vernacular of their native language. So today we have um, a dear friend of mine, uh, Stevie Cromer, who is the Cultural and Enrichment Manager and Partner Liaison for Luna Language Services. So welcome, Stevie. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. How are you doing? I am doing well. Um, it, you know, as everybody's going through kind of the chaos of what's going on in the world today, I think we are adjusting as well as can be, and my family's adjusting. I'm e-learning at home with three kids as well. So, you know, some definitely bumps along the road. All in all, we're doing really well. Thank you. Oh, good. I'm so glad. So tell us a little bit about Luna. Yeah, so Luna, as you mentioned, we offer interpreting and translating ser translation services in over 200 languages. Um, we are headquartered here in Indianapolis, but actually provide services all over the world. Um, to give a little more background on interpreting and translation, it's often misunderstood. Um, interpreting is anything verbal or American Sign Language, and translation would be anything written. So that's like website translation, document translation, um, medical reports, anything like that. Um, so we provide all of those services. Um, and we're basically in every sector in almost every community. So that's the court system, the medical system, the education um, system, corporate, nonprofit, all those things. There's a place for us in all of those things, and we are able to help clients in all those different arenas. That's amazing. Have things stayed pretty um, constant during this uh, pandemic, or have you seen a, a big shift in um, the need? There's definitely been a dip because, as you know, our economy just in so many ways is shut down. Um, obviously, we're still in the medical communities doing that as much as we can. A lot of our work has gone remote, so we're doing a lot of virtual work. Um, the bread and butter of our company is on-site interpreting, meaning that a live person would be standing there in-site or on-site with the other people. And so we've been trying to do a lot more virtual services, obviously, for the safety and health of our interpreters and the community. Um, but something still um, on-site is often the preferred. That's just the most effective, efficient way to provide communication. So it's always the go-to when we're able to do that. But obviously, sometimes you can't. But even as um, the court systems and whatnot have slowed down substantially, and that, and so you know, just everything is slowing down. So yeah, our business has slowed down quite a bit right now as well. Um, but there's no reason why we're concerned in the long run, and that what we do is so vital to the community as immigration and refugee populations keep growing. Um, the need is still always going to be there, and so we are confident that it will pick back up once once the whole world kind of reconfigures and picks back up from this. Due to the nature of the globalization of what you guys do. Did you have an inkling or did you sort of have a um, warning about coronavirus? Did you see this in other areas where you were doing your translation? Um, we definitely knew it was coming. I mean, obviously, because we are have a global force and a global presence, um, we heard about Italy and Wuhan. And um, actually, one of our interpreters um, was sent on as, with an exchange student from Purdue to China um, in the beginning of the year. So actually, she made it back into the U.S. right as it was hitting and starting. And so that was actually 
really interesting to see how that all unfolded because she went she went through um, some steps when she returned with her doctors and whatnot, just having come from China that just was starting to explode there. Um, so, yeah, we definitely had some idea. I don't think anyone knew it was going to be what it was until it was here. If I, and maybe other people disagree with that. That was my sense that we we heard a lot about it. We talked a lot about it. We did some preparations for it. But until it actually hit, I think I think it's just so surreal. It's just something none of us have ever really envisioned or thought about before. So to really know how it was going to impact us and to have the stay-at-home order and whatnot was just something that I don't think you can really prepare for until you're there. Tell us a little bit about what you do and your role there, Stevie. Yeah, so I'm the cultural and enrichment manager and partner liaison. And the short way of saying that is my job is to make sure everybody wants to come to work every day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I work really hard to create a family environment at Luna and create um, a culture in our office and with our staff and with our contract interpreters that kind of creates this family feel where everybody feels um, included and welcomed and warm. Um, To give you a little bit more background, I've been with Luna just over five years. And when I started, we had 11 full-time people. And then now um, in 2020, we are at 47, I believe is our number now. So we've grown quite a bit. And much of our staff started as interpreters for us out in the community. So a lot of our primary interpreting um, component are actually contractors. We do have some on staff, but most of them are contractors. And we work really hard to make them feel included and welcome and part of our team. And so as our company grew really quickly, um, and because so much of our staff are immigrants and refugees themselves and are separated by literally thousands of miles from their families, we wanted to really be intentional about creating that inclusive environment and that family feel. So my position was created a little bit over two years ago to really maintain that family environment um, as we continue to grow and become larger and larger. As I'm sure people understand, you know, full-time staff of 11 versus 48 is a huge difference. And so making everybody feel connected um, and welcome was an important thing to do. So yeah, so my position was created with that intention of maintaining that culture. And so some of the things I do, I have a large hand in um, like the decor of our office meaning that we are really intentional about the walls in our office and how they communicate to our staff and the people that visit. So one of my favorite things is we have a family wall. And so every staff member provides a picture of who or whatever they continue, they um, think of as part of their family. And so for some people that's pets, some people that's spouses, children, um, extended families, a lot of immigrant families, you know, live with multi-generational, multi-generations in one home. So before you actually your first day at the office, I get a family picture from everybody and they're put up on the family wall. And it's a way for us to honor everybody's family and where they came from and respect that that's one hugely important part of your life. You know, we all come to work every day with an end result of making money, doing a job, providing a service to the community, but that's only one part of who we are. So we really want to honor and respect that Luna and the work you do there is an important part of your life, but it's not the only part of your life. And you shouldn't have to come to Luna and forget about all of that while you're working every day. So that family wall is something to provide an example of how that office plays into that. We also have um, a gratitude and inspiration wall that are literally just big butcher block pieces of paper that people are um, encouraged to go and write on those and say thank you to people for something they might have done during the day. You might post um, a motivational quote that you got from the internet or a picture that really inspired you. But again, a way to like spread some positivity through the office for people to have a hand 
and the decor of our office and what they what it does. And the really cool, easy thing about that is about once a month, we just literally pull down the butcher block paper, cut it off, and start all over. So it's constantly evolving and rotating and becoming different things, and we can use it in different ways um, over time. So, um, yeah, and then I also do enrichment programs for our staff. So I put out um, – I have four pillars of the program, which are leadership, professional development, wellness, and diversity and inclusion. And we do um, workshops internally just for our staff based on all those things. And sometimes they're programs I'm leading. Sometimes we're bringing in outside people. Other times we, it's a way for staff members to really step up and do something outside of their traditional role but give back to our staff and help enrich what we're doing. And, again, it's that idea – developing the whole person, not just what you bring to Luna every day, but developing you as a whole person and helping you continue to evolve in your own development. What an awesome job. Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> and the other part of it yeah. that's really fun is because it was new with me. I've had a lot of, um, I've been able to really create a lot of it and evolve a lot of it on my own. There wasn't like a map already written out of here are all the things you have to do so it's continued to evolve it's continued to kind of take its own shape and I've been able to play a big part in what that looks like and what that does right now with everything going on I'm sure that you find it to be a little more challenging than when you're able to connect with everyone in person mm-hmm. uh, I know you know I try to come up with creative ideas to keep my team connected and to kind of keep the morale up. What are some things that you've been doing um, while you're in isolation? Yeah, so it, it definitely has been a challenge. One of the things we're doing every Monday and Wednesday, we do um, a virtual workout and a, vir- a virtual yoga session. So, again, it's just a Zoom invite that if people have the time and the ability, they can jump on. And we actually have two people on staff, one certified in yoga and one certified um, with exercise. And so they lead us through a workout and a yoga session um, that people can even come and go from. It's only half an hour, but we've had people come on late when they're able to or leave early if they need to, but just a way to, one, connect and also get moving. I've found, even for myself, I tend to just sit when I'm at home. When I'm at the office, I have a good excuse to get up and go say hi to somebody or ask somebody a question because now there's no one to see. <laughs> um, I tend to just sit a lot longer than I should have, that I should be. And so it's a good way to get up and get moving as well. We've also done a virtual dance party, which is kind of fun. And so, you know, it's a 15-minute thing. We get on together and play a couple songs and just kind of cut a rug together wherever we are to kind of let some energy out and just have a little fun. Um, Another thing that we found, because we have two people on staff who are part of the deaf and hard of hearing community, um, we've found that there are times where rather than that virtual um, we do, we can do obviously ASL interpreting over those um, remote services, but then also chatting through something like Microsoft Teams has also been a good way because of those language barriers. And so um, we have like a water cooler thread on our chat where we'll put puzzles. Um, think kind of like a seek and find kind of puzzle, but they're kind of, there's one, for example, like with idioms, it'll be a picture of all these different things and there are like 25 idioms in them. And so then we'll have people on this thread all contribute like I see this idiom I see that you know through puzzle things like that of just a way for people to contribute when they're able to and when they have time um, and just connect to one another in a new different way and I think that that will continue to evolve the more that we stay home I think just finding other ways to do that oh we've also done um, a virtual game and so there's a website called Jackbox Games that has wait say that again what is it called Jackbox Games Okay, okay. And so I'm writing this down. (laughs) It's really fun. And I've actually done it with my kids and with some other friends to have like a virtual game night with our families too. 
Um, but people all play on their own device. So like you'll submit like an answer on your phone, but then it shows up um, on the video screen. So it's kind of like Kahoot, which is a software used in a lot of school systems for the kids that all play trivia together. It's the same kind of idea. But again, just different creative ways to try to connect with people and have those interactions that we aren't able to have face-to-face -face anymore right now. One of the tenets of uh, social responsibility is um, openness, transparency. Have you, um, or maybe it's not your role, but um, one of your coworkers, <clears throat> have you had conversations about how to be open and transparent and with your team about, you know, where things are headed? Have people been asking, you know, because there's, you know, obviously there's so much unemployment and I'm sure that, you know, you're, team like everyone is you know concerned and and you know wondering what the future is for loom language have you had a conversation about openness and transparency and yeah if absolutely. so or if not um, what what decisions did you make yeah so our um president and ceo have been really open and transparent from the get-go with all of us they did actually apply for the small business loan and whatnot so they've been really just candid and forward about the steps they're taking to try to um, give us all some of that job security. Another really great thing that they that's always been part of their plan, one of the reasons why they like to hire staff from our interpreting community is we've now been able to repurpose some of the staff members. So they've altered their traditional day in and day out job to actually go out into the interpret go out into the community interpret now because they have the, those skills as well. And so it's been kind of a good, you know, I never want to say recession proof, but it's been a good way for them to actually um, be earning revenue in a different role that's more needed right now than some of their jobs that have. So for example, our largest team in our company is our coordinating team who are coordinating the interpreting assignments um, day in and day out. Well, because our numbers have dropped substantially, the need for that role just isn't as large as it used to be, but so much of that staff have those language skills. So they're able to now go out into the community interpret right now. And so they're still being utilized and they're still bringing revenue into the company. And so it takes away that fear um, of losing a job, you know, at least in the interim, you know, who knows how long this will go on or how long any of us can maintain this. But for now, that provides a lot of job security. The other piece of transparency that I want to bring up is in my role, I've been sending a Friday email to our staff that talks a lot about mental health and mental illness. Mm -hmm. um, I myself am a depression and anxiety sufferer, and I am always really candid with people about that. And so I've been trying to just give resources about mental wellness and mental health and how this is playing out for different people in different ways and just trying to create courageous spaces for people to have those conversations. And I've been able to have conversations with lots of people out of, out of this and even prior to this. But I think because we do set that bar of transparency, it makes people feel more welcome and safe and um, willing to share their own experiences, which does tie us all together and connect us all better as well. This is such a tough time and it is very isolating. I I um, tend to be a little bit anxious too. And so it's, you know, I actually love um, doing the Zoom calls and, and just the connections with people because the days can be really, really long um, for sure. Do you think any of the, the um, processes or the activities that you're implementing now, do you think some of those will um, continue even post-coronavirus? Um, yeah, I think they'll just continue to build. A lot of them, like the workout sessions we're doing, were already kind of part of the enrichment program, so they've just been shifted a little bit. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see um, 
I know that for myself, I feel like only in the last week or two have I started to play more offense instead of defense. So, mm-hmm. like, the first couple of weeks it was kind of reactionary mode of, like, okay, what does this look like? What is this going to be? And trying to, like, almost from a place of desperation find ways to connect. And I feel like in the last week or two my perception and perspective has been able to shift of looking forward and trying to better understand those things. So I'm not – I definitely think some things will continue and just grow upon one another once things go back to normal. And my real hope is that people will feel – more connected when this is all over and that we're back in the office together because we were able to get through all of this together and still feel as connected as we do. Yeah. We've really touched upon a lot of issues that people are facing working from home. One that we haven't touched on, you said you have three kids. Um, How are you, do you have any tips for someone else who's at home, you know, juggling e-learning and working from home and just, the you know the isolation and um, I, I think that any kind of tip that anyone can get on that front is welcomed. Yeah, so I'm fortunate in that my kids are a little bit older. I have a sophomore, an eighth grader, and a fifth grader, so they aren't needing as much of the hand holding or like you know true teaching that I know a lot of people, especially with younger children, are needing. Um, but the thing that I have found that's been really helpful, so like, for example, with these virtual workouts and virtual yoga sessions my office is doing, I'm having my kids participate in those with me as well. And so um, it can't always happen, but when they're able to do it with me, it's a good way for us to connect and for them to take time away from their schoolwork and get a break and do something healthy and good for them as well um, that I think has been really good. The other thing that I really have tried to take this approach is you know, this I, I'm a believer for myself and my children. This period of time is not going to make or break us. And I, I think it's far more important that my kids learn how to deal with stress and crisis in a healthy, positive way and not hate each other on the other end than it is for them to sail through the schooling and get everything perfect and knock it out of the park. Um, so I've been trying to put my focus on their mental health, their mental wellness, their physical wellness. We, you know, when weather permits, we are outside every day taking one or two walks around the neighborhood with the dogs, just trying to get outside and keep all of that up and focusing more on that and making sure those areas are healthy. Because then when we do sit down to do the schoolwork and when I do sit down to do my work, I'm more focused, I'm more engaged. They're the same. They're able to be more productive and more efficient in the long run because those other pieces are being taken care of. I think we all feel a lot of pressure from schools understandably, to keep our kids on track and to get through what we need to get through. But really, I'm just a big believer in the end of the day. There's so much more they can learn from getting through the stress and this crisis in a healthy way that will stay with them far longer than, you know, excelling in algebra right now. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope none of their teachers are mad at me that I'm saying that, and I don't think they would be. But, you know, I just think we're all in this together. We got to get through it. At the end, I hope my kids and I feel more connected. And we do, like, I, you know, my kids and I are really enjoying this time together. Not to say every day is perfect by any stretch, but we've created good routines for our nights together and how we spend that time. And we are spending more time together, partially because we have the time and partially because we're being intentional with our time. And so I think if you can find ways to do that, it makes the other pieces better and easier when you're more engaged and connected, which really also transfers to what we're doing at work. I guess that's kind of the perspective I try to take in a lot of areas of my life. If you can develop those underlying relationships from the get-go at the ground level, then the other pieces come easier and people are more engaged and they want to do better work and they want to be more successful and more efficient and effective in everything they're doing. 
Well, we usually ask um, for our guests to give a piece of advice, but you just doled out a whole bunch of advice. <laughs> that was really, no, that was great. That was great. I I appreciated that. Yeah, so, thank, thank you, you. Phoebe. Thank you. Um, can you let our listeners know how they can find out more about Luna Language Services? Yeah, so our website is Luna360, so L-U-N-A 360.com. Um, all of our information is there. You can find out anything you need to know, um, yeah, and get any information you need or contact numbers or information for how to get in touch with myself or anybody else on the team. Well, Stevie, it's always so great to um, connect with you, and I can't wait to see you sometime, <laughs> hopefully in the, in the near future, but um, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much for spending time with us. I, the the as Vicki said, what you had to share was really, really valuable, and um, I really, we both appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it, and I hope you both Thanks. stay well and healthy and your families do the same. Yes, you too. Take care. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks. So during this time, we'd like to highlight some people who are really taking care in community, some past guests and some some people that are once removed from past guests. So one of those such people is my friend Jill Allen. She's a personal friend of mine, and she connected us um, with the CEO of her company, Bob Carr, of Beyond. Do you remember that interview, Vicki? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So Bob's entire organization is dedicated to using um, their services as a credit card processing business as a force for good. And obviously, the company is made up of some really cool people, Jill being one of them. And um, I'm really proud to say that Jill has put together a um, healthcare heroes fund. So her dad had to have open heart surgery, um, gosh, like in the middle of this whole coronavirus thing, and they couldn't come and visit, and she wanted to do something nice for the staff. And so um, she talked to them, and, and they suggested that she bring in kind of individual meals for all of the healthcare workers. And so she went on Facebook and put a call out and um, was trying to raise like $400 for healthcare heroes. Well, it has spiraled. And she's raised over $5,000, and they've been to multiple places um, helping the healthcare heroes in our community. So I'd like to give a shout-out to Jill Allen. Yeah, absolutely. Way to go, Jill. Let's give a big thank you to our sound engineer, Matt Sosi. And our Taking Care and Community sponsor, National Bank of Indianapolis. If you'd like to nominate someone or an organization for a future episode, you can visit our website, takingcareinbusiness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, or download Taking Care in Business wherever you get our podcasts. If you love Taking Care in Business, give us a five-star rating and leave a review or share this episode on your social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Taking Care in Biz, B-I-Z. If you have questions or comments, you can also email us at info at takingcareinbusiness.com. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, take take care care in business. business.